Welcome to the State of Business with the Ohio Society of CPAs. I'm Jessica Salerno Shoemaker, Senior Content Manager at OSCPA, and this is the show where we bring you the latest news impacting the business and accounting world from top experts. In this episode, I speak with Amy Vetter, CPA and CEO of the B3 Method Institute, about the opportunity of advisory services. We discuss the benefits, misconceptions, and future of advisory services for accounting firms. And you can hear more from Amy on this topic in a six-week course starting October 28th and at a client advisory services workshop on November 30th. Click the link in our show notes to register. Here's what Amy had to say. I've definitely seen that advisory services has expanded as far as uh, firms understanding the importance of it and really trying to work on it to make sure that they are successful at it versus it being a byproduct, which I think, you know, it's been lumped into the write-up category for a really long time. And, you know, there's more and more education that has come out to really help people understand what advisory services is and how much more that you can offer and provide value to your entire firm. As far as the pandemic, I I can't say for sure that the pandemic has or has not affected advisory services. Um, From one aspect, I think it has to say that, you know, during the pandemic with PPP and all the questions that clients had that led into richer conversations and i think also a change in mindset with accounting professionals of how much we need to understand our clients business in order to truly help them and be proactive versus reactive and we found ourselves at this time being very reactive because you know things were coming at us that we weren't you know prepared for we couldn't have predicted and so forth and so we did see that we can change really quickly when needed so you know often you know when we talk about the accounting profession we talk about it slow moving but when something like that happens it shows that we can be innovative and quick to our feet and and really try to service our clients in the ways that they need us so In that respect, I I do believe it opened the eyes of the profession in a bigger way of how much need there is. I would say the second way that it may have affected the vision of this in accounting firms is that, you know, there's been so much burnout in the work that everybody's doing just because there's just been so much work with so little time to take a deep breath. And really, if we want to look at our workplaces as a destination workplace, meaning that someone would want to spend their career at your firm, then we do have to offer new opportunities and ways for people to learn and grow and for those people that don't want to keep doing the same thing. And so rather than them having to leave the firm or leave this profession, that there's opportunities available within accounting firms to be able to help with finding new opportunities and growing skill sets to just reinvigorate and energize and uh, create 
just that excitement again and the work that we're doing. And I'm curious, Amy, as an advisory services expert, what questions are you getting from your peers who are interested about this space, but unsure if they want to go into it? Are there any common questions that you hear from them? Yeah, definitely. You know, going back to the question about the pandemic and how it's affected, I absolutely uh, have seen that the issue has been around staffing. Um, that the opportunities there, I think everybody's eyes are open to the fact that this is something to grow your practice and you don't want to get left behind. But what I hear over and over from accounting practices that I work with is like, I really want to do this. I don't know who would lead it. I don't know how we'd actually execute on it. And it is important that there is a leader, someone that is going to champion this for the firm. But there's also opportunities to look into alternative ways of staffing as well that might not be the traditional way that you've staffed. And number one is looking for people that are in industry, not necessarily in public accounting, because a lot of these roles in advisory services, if you've been a controller in an organization or a CFO or a bookkeeper, those skill sets are really, really important because they've lived it. They know what it's like. They know what the deadlines are like in industry and what their CEOs have been asking them for. They understand operational processes and really getting into the business and looking at metrics of the business, the KPIs of the business and so forth. And when we look at bookkeepers, we don't necessarily need CPAs to do a lot of the data entry work. Um, that is required in some CAS offerings if you choose to offer that service. So in that respect, you can think about recruiting in new ways, not necessarily in the ways that you've always recruited before, just going to colleges and so forth. The second thing that you can look at too is automation and a lot of these processes can be automated. It is a matter of stepping back, understanding what you want to deliver. And that's one of the things I work with accounting firms on so that you get really clear and crisp on your value proposition, who's your target market, why it's important to you, what makes you excited about it every day, and then finding technology that aligns with that so that you can automate as much of the process as you can so that you're able to spend the right amount of time with your clients. And there's a third opportunity with offshoring. And this often gets overlooked, I think, uh, because, you know, maybe you've, you know, done it in the past, it hasn't worked out that well, but there are many reputable offshoring companies now with CPAs all over the world that can really help with some of this heavy lifting that you need in this practice. If you don't want to hire people to do the data entry work, there are people there. There's also people in other countries that are more experienced CPAs that can do some of the analysis and so forth. So there are opportunities all over the place to look for people. It just might not look the same way. And I would also say, I think, and you know, it is my background, I started as an auditor. 
but really, you know, looking within your firm of people that might be interested in what this work would be and heading it up and changing up their career. Going back to my first answer of, you know, creating a destination workplace where people can switch between departments and they're not being held in one area for their entire career. An audit background is a great background to go in the client advisory services because you've actually been doing a lot of business process work and um, looking at internal controls and, and so forth that as a client advisor, you are uh, giving advice on those things. And, you know, I always make the joke. I mean, the difference is when I was an auditor, no one wanted me to give advice because they were worried about audit points. But in client advisory services, they want your advice. They're they're paying you for that. And it's training that you've already been in, that you've understood those business processes. So looking at auditors in public accounting, auditors that are in internal accounting as well, because they even get deeper into the operational side of the business, can be really helpful in building out this practice as well. So just shake up your thinking and maybe the way that you've thought about this in the past, but if this is really important to you, the first step is really putting a strategy together, a business plan, understanding the type of people that you would want to hire. So rather than putting the blockers up to say it's not possible because you don't have the staff, if you are that interested in it, step back, do the business plan, create a strategy, and then within that, you're going to figure out what kind of resources you need. So if you jump ahead and try to bring resources in, and that may not be what you design, that may not be what you wanna target. So do the plan first, then come up with the budget, the resources, and so forth. And then over time, you will staff it the way that you need to if you think this is important enough for your practice. And you mentioned uh, something a few minutes ago that I wanted to ask you about, which was technology. Uh, what impact does having the right technology, um, keeping up with the keeping up with tech, uh, how does that impact the advisory services space? It's a really important piece of having a client advisory services practice is putting your tech stack together. And I know that a lot of us hear that term and may not understand what that means, but it means that you understand what technology you're using for which processes in your firm, and you aren't just letting it happen. And sometimes when we let it happen, we find out that there's multiple pieces of software that everybody's using in the department versus everyone being trained on one, making it a very efficient process, having a standard operating procedure around using that. So it starts with your general ledger system. So something like QuickBooks Online is your central place and you wanna be on cloud technology. And I think this is really important because a lot of times we talk about hosted, but that is not the same thing. So cloud technology is built, you know, you access it through the internet. There is no disk, there's nothing. Um, it is built right through the internet. And so the important piece of that is it allows you to integrate with lots of different add-on applications so you can customize your offering and you can have different people in your department that specialize in different applications that you are using. You can outsource 
to somebody that specializes in this ecosystem, in the technology, to recommend things that you would use for accounts payable or expense reporting or CFO reporting and analysis or sales tax automation, whatever those things are, because it is important when we get in closer to the business that that those numbers become very, uh, that we can rely on those numbers. And so when we use the technology of these companies that specialize in these things, built in internal controls and business processes that, that we can follow, then we can have some comfort that what's going out the door, it has more quality to it. We also train our clients on that technology as well so that we can make the process as efficient as possible. So setting that foundation is so important so that we can create space to spend more time talking to our clients versus being at the computer and doing all the manual data entry. And you've mentioned, you know, some of the things that you can do to get prepared, developing a business plan, finding the right people to hire. And I'm sure it's dependent on, of course, the business, but are there any other best practices you can offer that business leaders, owners should consider, look into as they're looking into developing or growing uh, advisory services? Well, absolutely number one is to have a plan. And I think too many times we just jump into this and think it's the same thing as the tax department and the audit department, it is not. It is different ways of processing work, different touch points with the clients, different pricing structure, different ways to evaluate the profitability of the business and the benefit to the entire firm. So it is important if you are in a full service firm and you've got multiple partners that you are sitting down with them and going over what their expectation of this department would be and when. Um, because what you don't wanna do is set out right in the beginning and expect to make tons and tons of money right away and it all to be profitable because it's a learning process. And you know, as you're adding technology, you're learning the technology. And so that's why a business plan is so important because you're giving people transparency on when things truly can be put in place and when to expect to start seeing more profit coming up from this business line. So why I say this is because this is truly entrepreneur mindset. It is a different way of thinking. It's not something that's established and you can go and learn from as many practitioners as you want and gleam from that. But once you put your own practice together, it's very entrepreneur-like because you are designing it for the clients that you have in mind, for the clients that you want to work with. So what you don't wanna do is create a marketing strategy or sales strategy before you've actually come up with who you wanna target and why and how you're going to deliver those services. Once you've put that in place, you have that business plan, you have that strategy, you know how you're gonna benefit the rest of the firm and how you guys are gonna communicate as far as leads and referrals and what type of client you want and what type of client you don't want. Now starts the marketing because you're clearer on those client personas 
and it's easier for the firm to know what your service line does. What I see go wrong a lot of times is that this hasn't been defined or uh, we started the client advisory services practice in a firm, we didn't define that, and then pretty much, you know, the CAS department will get a lot of leads or referrals over that they don't want, that they're not interested in. And they then struggle because they're being, you know, getting pushback from other firm partners that they have to take this client. And then when they're not profitable on that client or it's not working out, then they get blamed for that. So it is very important to have these very transparent conversations amongst your partner group to make sure that all of you can understand how to communicate the service to your clients and for the clients that don't fit, where do they go? And do you find other smaller boutique firms that want those types of clients that aren't the right fit for your firm? And if you are an individual that is starting this yourself or you've already been doing it, um, but it's just, you know, you're finding yourself churning um, and not necessarily you know, living a life of work-life balance. Um, it is important, again, to step back and reset and make sure you have defined who your client is, who you want to target. Make sure that you've got a good sales process and onboarding process in place for those clients so that you can make sure that you've set the right foundation for these clients. You're getting paid what you think you're worth, what your value is, of the work that you do, and uh, you also are able to create boundaries. You set those expectations with the clients as they're coming in the door of when you're available, when you're not available, when to expect a response, and so forth. So I would say whether you are an individual, whether you are in an accounting firm, you know, communicate, 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 whether it's to your clients, whether it's to your partners, whether it's to your staff, that transparency is gonna help you to be successful in this practice. And you've mentioned some best practices and I'm curious on the other side of that, are there any misconceptions that you hear out there about the advisory services space that you think, mm, that's not quite true? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of times I, I feel that write-up gets lumped into client advisory services. Write-up is really a support service to tax um, for a client that just needs their financials caught up in order to get it to a tax return. True client advisory services and bookkeeping that has to do with client advisory services is the operational accounting that you are a part of all year long so that you can actually you know, build that foundation where the compliance services are an offset of that engagement because it should be pretty easy to do that tax return if you've been involved with the numbers all year long. But then you're also level setting and developing that relationship with that client to do the higher level analysis and controllership work and so forth that you wanna do with that client or even helping them to understand the technology that they need to use and help them with implementation as well. So there's so many things that client advisory services can do if you're set up right, if you have the right people, if you understand the technology. 
And the other thing is that it should be evaluated just like tax or audit with realization and so forth. That is not the way to evaluate the success of a client accounting service because it is totally different. Uh, you know, so what you want to be doing is value pricing and, you know, pricing packages that have to do with the value of the work that you're doing, not based on time. Uh, that will never let you know how profitable you are. So what you want to be is making sure that you put what your true value is as your price to that client. And then you're evaluating the profitability of the department overall, not realization um, against whatever budget that you had, how many new clients that you wanted to bring in. But typically you want to look at the profit margin that it's bringing in, but also the referrals it's bringing in to the other departments in your firm. So this is for a full service firm. So for a full service firm, that's absolutely what you want to be looking at because a lot of times it can be the feeder into really big engagements in the practice because someone comes for a bookkeeping issue or they come, uh, because they're looking to acquire a business or whatever it is, which leads to all this other work in the accounting practice. And that needs to be tracked. That needs to show that this was based off of having that client advisory services practice. So you want to look also at the lifetime value of that client that it has the opportunity to grow. So not just that it's right up and every year they're bringing a shoebox in, it's that it has the growth potential of the bookkeeping work, the controllership work, and so forth that really bring value, total value to the firm. And then there's these growth and learning opportunities it provides to the staff that really isn't matched in any other area of the practice because you're constantly learning about new technology, you're learning about new businesses and clients and and really trying to get creative with them to solve their big problems in their business. And that's really what becomes exciting about this practice. And Amy, you've seen this space grow and evolve over the years. What do you think um, is in the future for advisory services? I, I think it's going to continue to grow. And I do think it is, going to be a much more profitable part of accounting practices than ever before because they're starting to pay attention. They're starting to put the work in. What I've seen even this summer, um, speaking at conferences, running workshops with um, practices and my own consulting with firms, it has been so interesting to see how engaged people are in making this a success. Um, and how many more people are dedicated to this practice than I've ever seen in the past. So, you know, I am very excited about how serious this is being taken in the profession. The growth numbers show it. It is absolutely the highest growth area right now in accounting firms. And so it isn't something you want to ignore. And, but it is something that, you know, I like to say it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. So 
it is important to put the right things in place right from the beginning. And if you didn't get level set now um, to make sure to set that foundation in place, else you'll never scale. And that's the biggest thing is the ones that put a foundation in place that have a strategy that understand how to run this practice. Those are the ones that can really grow and bring in really big numbers, you know, to their own business, but also to other service areas of the firm because they've taken the time to think about it, to, to think like an entrepreneur and actually put the things in place that are going to create success into the future. Thank you to Amy for joining us to talk more about the future of advisory services. Remember, you can hear more from her at a six-week course starting October 28th and a client advisory services workshop on November 30th. Click the link in our show notes to register. And what would you like to hear on the podcast? You can always let me know at jsalerno, J-S-A-L-E-R-N-O, at ohiocpa.com. And please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.